three things that I want to mention before we get start, before we pray is um, the ones who are here more regular know that uh, I've been in the book of Ezekiel uh, and uh, normally I would continue, but uh, the Lord put on my heart tonight, uh, Ezekiel at this point is really not what we need tonight. So I'm going to jump over into Philippians chapter 4, Philippians 4, and it's titled uh, The Virtues of a True Christian, and I have the word true underlined for a reason. Uh, two more things. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I've been asked, uh, Brother Richard, I, I noticed that when you teach, you rarely say I. You're always saying we. And there's a reason for that. And the other thing was uh, the fact that uh, I, I probably say this every message, being about our father's business. You always say that, but you never tell us what that means. And I was just talking to the brother in the back, and I'm kind of naive, and I think anybody that goes to church should know this. And that's not true. Some of you know that already. And again, um, so those are two things that I'm going to touch on. Why is we? And when I say uh, being about our father's business, some idea what that means. It can't be all inclusive, but just some of the things that the Lord has put on my heart concerning that. So that's where we're going tonight, Lord willing. Uh, Philippians 4, uh, chapters 4 through 20. That's our desire, but it doesn't always work that way. So, Lord, we just uh, give thanks uh, for who you are and even more so for whose we are. So I'm just grateful that even today, Father, stones are still being rolled away. So I'm grateful to be a participant in that, Father, and the stone that you had rolled away from the caves that I was trapped in. And I'm sure as we look around this place, so many of our sisters and brothers have come from places that they just weren't going to make it, Father. And you knew that. You knew the beginning from the end. So thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving us a heart for you, and I pray that as we go through this message, Father, that hearts and ears will be open to receive just what you have for us, each one of us, Father. You've got something for each and every one of us, and, and your word tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and, and I believe that with the, from the very core of my heart, and I just pray that if there's anyone here tonight who does not yet know you as their Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night that they come running saying, what must I do to be saved? So we give you praise and honor already uh, for what you're doing, what you've done, and what you're going to do, Father. So have your way in this place. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen. Okay, Philippians 4, chapter 4. Again, this message is titled, The Virtues of a True Christian, underlined under the word true. And we'll talk about that as we go. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And in the Lord defines a heart that only exists in a true believer. So what do you mean true believer as, as opposed to a believer? A lot of us, are you a Christian? Sure, I go to church every Sunday, but that didn't answer the question. Are you a Christian? Well, I think so. Are you going to heaven? I'm pretty sure. See, those, all those answers are in, uh, should not be. The word says to know that you know that you know. And we have to know, first of all, 
Do you have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I think so. No, that would be like me asking you, do you have a good relationship with your best friend? You're going to give me a very definitive answer. You're either going to say yes or you're going to say, well, not today. You know, and again, that's the mindset that we need to have with our relationship. Are you secure? Are you anchored to the rock? Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ today, tonight? And you got to be sure. Know and be known. You got to know. You got to be sure that you do have that relationship because when we meet him, this is not going to be the time to make a decision. Things are already, wheels are already in motion, and the Lord's just going to, uh, He's going to know you or He's not. And you may say, Well, I know Him, but does He know you? That's important. So, um, a true believer uh, is one that knows that he or she has a relationship with, with the Lord. This joy or rejoicing is uh, unrelated to circumstances or conditions in life. It is a result of an unchanging relationship with our Lord and Savior. Conditions don't make it. Circumstances don't make it. We have to know that we're all in at all times. And that's where we want to be. Do you, are you all in? Are you committed to the cause? Are you trusting him for everything? Well, I'm trusting him for most things. Then that's a definite no, you're not trusting him. Trust is all in or all out. So when you say you think you are or maybe, then you're not trusting him. And, and we're all guilty of that. Every single day, there are things that we trust him with and things that we do not. And we allow circumstances to dictate our trust in him. Well, I think I can handle this one better, Lord. You know, just take care of somebody else who really needs you right now. I'm good. No, you're not good. You know, he says there's none good. No, not one. And, and we have to believe that. So do you, do you have that relationship? Are you trusting him for everything? There's nothing too small or nothing too big that we can't trust him with. Think about it. You trust him with your very breath. You trust him that every heartbeat is going to continue. And for some of us, we know better. That may not be true. You know, we have friends, we have relatives who've gone on what we consider before their time. And it's a result of sin. It's always a result of sin. Well, I had a good mom. She was a good Christian woman, so why would the Lord take her? Well, there's an answer to that. God is love. God is sovereign. So he does things. He blesses us because he loves us. And he chastens us because he loves us. We need to understand that. We say when things are going well, when, when the bills are paid and uh, the wife is happy, the husband's happy, the kids, eh, you know. So, so it's, it's the kind of thing where we need to know that he's with us. And if we trust his word, it says God can't lie. So when he says, I am with you, even to the ends of, of the earth, it's true. There's no denying. And if you believe the whole Bible, 
then we know that we can trust him for everything, everything. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men, all people. The Lord is at hand. Gentleness uh, refers to contentment with and generously uh, towards others. It can also refer to mercy and patience. Graciousness with humility encompasses all of these. And think about graciousness, humility, humbleness. And those are attributes that in and of ourselves we can't do it. And in and of ourselves we don't want to do it. But the Holy Spirit will come along. And what I think about uh, as these words flow through my head is putting others first. That's not a human fleshly trait for any of us, regardless of how saintly you are. Most of the time, it's all about me. And that's where something that I had to learn, uh, it took a lot of years to learn it, but, and that's why when this person asked me, why do I say we? Because I don't do anything by myself. Not even in the, in the worldly sense. Not even in the secular world. I don't do anything by myself. There are people men and women who stand beside me. And it's not that I'm special in that sense, but it's just that the Lord has given me a spirit to embrace whoever he brings alongside me. And sometimes it's challenging. There are some brothers out there who are loathed, but he's given me the the grace and, and they deal with me as well. And I'm just so thankful. So anytime I think about what he's done in my life, uh, from when I can first remember probably, I think I started to realize there was a world around me when I was 13 and how he brought people alongside me. And he still does today. You know, the the men and women that I get to fellowship with in in this facility. Um, uh, Most of you don't know, but I'm a teacher. And this year I had the opportunity to teach second grade. And uh, there were people that came alongside me because it, it was a challenge for me. And I learned some things about me that I didn't know. Uh, Patience. I thought I was a man of much patience. And I realized not so much. Um, And there were times when there were things that were being said that I wasn't accustomed to. I shared with the senior group uh, a couple of weeks ago that I never, I didn't grow up in the real world. And and I'll explain that because I was in, uh, again, I'll just make this short, brief. I spent, uh, from the age of 14 to 17, I spent my years in an art studio as a commercial artist. And then from 17 to 57, I spent 40 years at a a Fortune 500 company. And uh, so I never really was exposed to these things. So when I retired in 2008, Lord, what do you want me to do now? He says, I want you to go teach. Teach what? You know, <laughs> you know, all I know is Jesus and cars. You know? so, so he says, okay, well, we can use that. I'll have you teach in public city, Rochester City School District. Wait a minute. They don't have a body shop in there. So, so what are you saying? He says, now I'm going to take what you learned. You said Jesus and cars in that order. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to share with the, with the kids. It didn't turn out that way, as I thought, but it was a little bit... They had some restrictions 
That's all I can tell you. you know? And uh, so anyway, the point is, I never had an opportunity to be exposed to the real world. Now, one thing I didn't say, all those years that he allowed me to teach, and I don't know, next year, uh, we'll see. But uh, it was special ed. And that brings a totally new dimension. Kids with autism, ASD, autism spectrum disorder. And it just brought out a lot of things about me that I really didn't know. You know, and, and you know, I, I just think about, you know, when I was restoring cars, classics and muscle cars, I was very meticulous about everything. You know, I would do stuff underneath that nobody would see. And what are you, nuts? Well, yeah, I am, actually. But uh, it's, it's just that. And that has come through in my life. And even now that he's taken away the cars, and uh, I can only focus on the Word of God. So I'm thankful for that. And uh, that, that meticulous, that, that OCD spirit is, is just, and that's the way I apply the Word. So I want it to be rightly divided. And so I pray that anytime I get to fellowship with you guys, that his word will be rightly divided. So we're not going to settle for good enough. We want to be right. And so that's, I'm just sharing that with you because just to get an idea of where I'm coming from and how he's, he's made changes. And that's why everything's we. Everything's we now. Uh, occasionally, I would use the word I, but when I say that, I have to be really careful because uh, back... Years ago, uh, there was a gentleman who was teaching, and he used, um, he used the term the me monster with the dreaded eye disease. And I, I think about that often, and I can see this thing with five eyes, and it's all about I, 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 I. And that's, that's not where I want to be, and that's not where the Lord has me. So I'm thankful for everything that he's taught me, everything that he taught me relative to... Uh, Dealing with people, uh, playing with cars, and digging into his word. Now he's just brought it full circle. And all those things really apply to what I'm doing here and now. I never imagined that I would be standing before my friends talking about the word of God. Because I had other thoughts in mind. And thoughts for evil, not for good. Another story. Verse 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And this is, we should not fret because fret and worry indicate a lack of trust in God's uh, wisdom and his sovereignness so, uh, or power. All the difficulties are within God's purpose. Gratitude to God is contained in all true and righteous prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. I believe totally in prayer. And this week uh, has been, last two weeks actually, has been really, really, really um, challenging for us. There are so many people, anywhere from uh, knee operations to bone cancer, this, within the last couple of weeks, and people that we've gone to the hospital and prayed for, prayed with. And there's just so much going on, and some of you know about it. But most of you probably don't, but there's a tremendous amount of pain and suffering and hurt and things going on. And even today, uh, learning about people that we know and love and the marriages in shambles. And nothing breaks my heart more than being able to 
hear about a husband and wife that are at war. And I know it happens all the time, but it's just something that I'm not willing to accept. I know the Lord has a plan even through that, but it's just so hard. It's so hard, and and, and I, I have a special passion for children of all ages. And it hurts even more. And, and I, someone else was praying about it. And I said, you know, can you answer a question for me? I said, would it hurt if you didn't care? And he couldn't answer. And I can't answer it because I, I, you know, I care. So it hurts. And, and I don't know if I just say, well, you know, that's their business. That, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with that, if that would make it better. But I don't believe so. But anyway, uh, prayer. Prayer is so important, uh, especially in the senior study. We get a chance to have prayer, prayer, and uh, it, it really breaks your heart because there's so much going on. And again, we get to hear about it, but that doesn't stop us. It, the word says, "Pray without ceasing." So we see opportunities where that really applies. You know, there's never a time. Well, I prayed about everything. Uh, never, 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 never. Uh, you prayed about for your family, you prayed for your friends. Did you pray for that next breath? Well, I don't have to do that. Well, that means you're taking the Lord for granted. You're, you're assuming that you've got that coming and you do not. You don't deserve it. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We can only attain this peace when we have a thankful attitude with unwavering confidence that God is able and willing to do what is best for us. But if the Lord loved me, he would give me this. The Lord loves you so much, he won't give you that. Again, just going back to what I talked about earlier, uh, in the latter days, there were, as I was uh, restoring automobiles, there were two that I pay special attention to. And the Lord reminded me or brought to my attention that was an idol. And for you car folks out there, it was a 55 Chevy Bel Air. You know, a car that's wanted all over the world, literally. And he showed me there was an idol, so I knew that I had to let it go. And it's, it's, uh, it's something that I struggle with uh, initially. And now he's given me a piece about it over the years. So I'm thankful, and this is stuff that I normally wouldn't share, um, but I just feel like this is a night where I, I just want to bear my soul to some extent. And that's what I'm doing. So the things that I'm talking about, I've only talked about them once before, and that was in senior study. And I said that you'll never hear this again unless it's one-on-one. But here we go. Richard had a plan. God had another plan. God wins again, <laughs> still. So I'm, I'm just grateful that I get to do this. Uh, the word guard is guarding a heart it means to keep watch over. God's peace will guard us from doubt, fear, anxiety, and distress. He will. He's shown you that. And, and just think back on we were in a situation where it was to us it seemed hopeless. But God is a God of hope. He's given us a hope and a future 
And he continues to do that in spite of us. God, I don't deserve this. Yeah, I know. You're right. You don't deserve this. But I love you so much, I want to bless you. Because I love you so much, I'm going to chase you. Because right now, you went, got to that fork in the road and you took the wrong path. Because of this thing, free will, I'm going to let you go. But I'm going to allow you to see the error of your way. And for those of us who are, took that wrong turn, that wrong path, he's still working with you. He's still with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he means it. So there's never a time when you're not loved. Ever. And keep that in mind, folks. Sometimes we get a little distraught. Thinking, oh, God has left me. No, he can't. He won't. It's always with you. Always with us. Hearts and minds cover the whole inner person because of our union with Christ. He guards our whole inner being with his peace. Do you have peace in your life right now? Peace in the true sense. Do you have peace? Do you have joy? Is your heart joyful tonight? If it isn't, I have to ask you, what are you allowing to keep you from experiencing God's peace? Is it because your flesh said, this is what I want to do? This makes me comfortable. This makes me happy. Ask yourself, am I more concerned about happiness or am I more concerned about joy? I can surround myself. I did surround myself with the things that I like. That made me happy, but I didn't experience God's peace. I didn't experience the true joy. But now, when my life lines up with his, I can experience joy, true joy. I can experience peace, true peace. I can experience a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's where we want to be, all of us. And that's my prayer for everyone, not just the ones sitting here, but the ones in the sound of my voice. I want to know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's nothing better. Nothing. Keep praying. Don't ever give up. Everyone here has someone who prayed for them constantly. For those of us who had, uh, you know, who mom was there, dad was there, especially grandma. Grandma was praying for us. And there's someone right here, right now, who's praying for each and every one of us. Right now. There's no question about it. I know for a fact. So just keep praying. Keep seeking him. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Do you want those things in your life? Do you want those things that are noble, pure, lovely, good report? Do you want those things? And the answer should be a resounding yes. Yes, I do. I want to experience the Lord's peace in my life. I want to experience joy. I want to experience being able to fellowship with my friends, my relatives, without tearing them down. I want to experience being around them and not having them tear me down. I want that. And you can have it. You can have it. But you've got to give something to get something. In order to have friends, you've got to be a friend. And some of us really struggle with that. Uh, And someone in this room knows someone, when they're approaching you, 
if they're walking towards you, you know that this person, this man, this woman is going to say something negative. They're going to find something that they can just throw barbs at you. They're going to throw these fiery darts at you. And you ask yourself, why? Is that the best thing that could have come out of your mouth? And there are people who are like that. I've grown up with them. I've been around them. And, and sometimes my heart gets bad where I just start to avoid them. But the Lord says, no. They need Jesus just like you do. And it's, it's, uh, I talked about this before. And when you meet somebody and they're very negative, and they say, well, I'm just being honest. I'm just saying what's on my mind and saying that as if it's a good thing. You claim to be a new creature. You claim to be different in Christ. You're talking a good game, but you're not living it. And that's one of the things that I, I get to hear quite often, and especially when it's uh, people who are very... Um, I use the word controlling, and they, they, they want to put you down because the further I can put you down, the higher I can be, I can stand on you. Once I knocked you to the ground, now I can stand on you, and that lifts me up a little higher. And there are some people who have that mindset. We have to be careful. Don't give up on them. Just like Grandma didn't give up on us, let's just keep praying. Keep praying for them. Whatever is true is only found in God, in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, and in God's word. This is it, folks, God's word. God's word. So even uh, one of the things that I remember very well is when I grew up, where I grew up, the, the thing to draw younger people in was to preach fire and brimstone. It worked. In my case, it worked, but with some people, it was just difficult because a loving God doesn't have to go in that direction. A loving God would not have to cause them to use fire and brimstone to coerce me into the kingdom. But there's some people, it has to be that way. And as long as we stick with the word, I also grew up in an environment where the word was modified to suit the situation. Do not add or take away anything. That's what it says. And just growing up in that environment where the word was misused or even abused, we have to be careful that we don't represent that in the kingdom of Christ. So I just encourage each and every one of you to be mindful of those words. You know, uh, we had a study back a while ago. We talked about the power of the tongue. <sighs> wow. And I made the statement that, you know, the tongue is really, really, really because it has to be kept in a cage. Yeah. So, and that's why, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, we can't have this thing hanging out like that because it's going to destroy people. So I'm going to put it in this cage where it is limited to what it can do. It's not limited to what it can say, but it's limited to what it can do. So let's be mindful of that as well. The truth and love. The word, uh, uh, the word noble means worthy of respect. Believers are to, main, to meditate on whatever is worthy 
of awe and adoration. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's not about being afraid. It's about a reverent awe. When I, when I hear, when I read, when I see things that pertain to the Lord, it just brings me out of myself constantly. And that's what I want. And that's what I want you to want. Hearts and minds covers the whole inner person because of our union with Christ. He guards our whole inner being with his peace. He guards us. He takes care of us. He knows that each and every one of us are prone to wander. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. And here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it from the gates above. And I'm just so thankful that he's got me to that point. Uh, I don't have it nailed yet. But I'm learning every single day. I'm learning every time I get to stand before my friends, my sisters, my brothers, and talk about the things of the Lord. I want to get it right. Rightly divided. Uh, just ju- being just refers to what is right. We are to think in harmony with God's divine standard of holiness. What is your standard for living? What is right? Who determines what's right? Who determines what's wrong? All of us, everybody in this room, regardless of where you are, you can see the degradation of morals, ethics. And, and I'm in America right now, so I don't know what's going on in other countries, but you can see the degradation. You can see that we've already imploded. You can see where uh, good is called evil, evil is called good. We can see that now. What do you do? And that's why I say be about your father's business. What does he have for you? There's some people who want to go out and carry picket signs. There's some people who want to go out and bash heads. There are people who would rather just pray, whether it be within or without the church. They just want to pray. What is right for you? And that's what you have to determine and not use an earthly being to dictate what the Lord would have you to do, how he would have you to respond. Be you. You, you, that's all you can be. If, if you want to be somebody else, everybody else is already taken. So you've got to be you. You've got to be you. That's all you can do. And, and just, just be okay with that. I'm what the Lord wants me to be. And uh, we get that often because we get people, even here, who want to dictate. Well, Jack Hibbs is teaching this at his church, so you guys should be teaching it also. After all, he is a mega church. That, you know what that means to me? Nada. No, this is not, we're not Jack Hibbs. And, and, and this, this emphasis on the fact that it's a mega church is irrelevant. Is God about numbers or hearts? So let's be conscious of what he has for us, not anybody else. Don't let anyone else, any other church, any other person be our standard. The term lovely means pleasing We ought to focus on whatever is kind and gracious. Kind and gracious. Those terms are losing their effect today. They're losing their effect, kind and gracious, because we have so many among us, especially the powers that be, or even the talking heads, telling us how we should act and not act. 
We should accept this because we want to be all inclusive. We want everyone to coexist. And as I was looking at uh, this week, actually, on the sign of a car with all the different symbols on that, and it says coexist. How's that going to work? Because your, your, your church, your heart says we should include everybody. We should embrace everything. So what about what we believe in? Well, you guys, you guys are just uh, narrow-minded. You guys are walking through life with blinders on. You're not accepting the church of what's happening now. You're not accepting of people who want to call sin good. We're not accepting of that. So how do we fit into this coexist thing? So it's kind of difficult. I, I know the word says all things are possible, but I really don't believe that's what the Lord wants us to embrace. We have to take a stand for what the, book of, uh, what the word of God says. And when, when I ask, you know, just for starters, do you believe in the first four words in the Bible? In the beginning, God? Do you believe that? Well, not really. So the rest of it's not going to make much sense to you either. So if, you don't, if you're not accepting that, then we, we have a little bit of a problem. And, and as I went through this, I was just thinking about those times when I've gotten into uh, debates with others who had different opinion. And one thing that I've learned, why should you argue with someone's opinion? What's the end game? What, 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 what do you think is going to come out of this? Now, are you expecting them to change you? Or are you expecting you to change them? So you can sit there and you can debate. And not much happens. Very things. Actually, what it does, it even creates more division. So what have you gained? You've sat here and you've debated with this person uh, right here. Uh, you know, after a message, brother, I didn't, I didn't agree with what you said. What's, which part? Uh, well, you said that uh, in order to receive salvation, you have to be baptized. I don't believe that. Okay. So I'm thinking that's, you know, let it go. But no, no. I think baptizing is uh, definitely, you've got to be baptized in order to be saved. And so, you know, okay, how can I cut this quickly? How about the thief on the cross? When did he get baptized? Well, that's different. Oh, so now you're saying God's a respect of persons? Well, no, no, you're, you're misunderstanding me. Yeah, yeah, I am. And you're misunderstanding me also, but that's just one example. And, and I... Just recently, you know, I just was able to walk away without someone being critical of something. that It's not just me. It's most of us. Some of the guys are pretty tough. Richard's soft, so they, they know I can, I can get to him. So he's, he's harmless, little teddy bear. So he's going to talk to me whether he wants to or not. And it's true. I do. Uh, of good report for, refers to that which is highly regarded or thought well of. And that's where the Lord wants us. He wants us to to give a good report. I want the people that I know and I want to be able to give a good report for everybody that I know regardless of of my agreement with them or not. Verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Our Father's business, being about our Father's business. And the God of peace will be with you. 
And there's no hesitancy. It's a definite statement. The God of peace will be with you. And I know that I can count on that. And I have, I'm learning to depend on that. That peace will be with me, us, my family, my friends, church body, the body of Christ. I depend on that. Verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. When I think of that word opportunity, I think of fellowship. I think of times like this where where I get to do this. And uh, every opportunity for fellowship, I want to take it. Very rarely, and and I'll go great distances to fellowship one-on-one or with a family. And we get called out uh, anywhere between Wayne County and Bergen. And that's kind of way out. No, we'll be there. And it's just such a blessing. I'm not boasting, but this is the thing that the Lord has given us a heart for. And I'm thankful for that. So regardless of where you are, if you need us, Lord willing, we're going to be there. It doesn't matter. Distance is not a criteria at all. So I thank God that he's given us that that heart. Verse 11. Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's a challenge, my friends. So you're telling me that I need to be content no matter what's going on around me? The answer is yes. That's what he's saying. That's exactly what he's saying. With, uh, because we're wrapped in flesh, we struggle with that. How can I be content when things around me are falling apart? How can I be content when finances are drying up quickly? How can I be content when my son is a prodigal? How can I be content when our daughter is, is a, she's just creating havoc at home? She's not talking to her mom. I don't know where our son is. He left home, and we, we lost track of him. How can I be content? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. So important to, to just allow that to become ingrained in us. It's hard to do. We're fleshy beings. It's hard for us to trust anybody except us. So I can stand here and say that, knowing that I don't fully believe it. I believe that I do. Tr- I know that I do trust, but do I trust one hundred percent of the time? No, I do not. I can't stand here and say that. I, I, I promise to be honest with you guys and everything that comes out of this mouth, and that's just one of the things that. But I know it's possible. So I realize it's not a matter of do and don't. It's a matter of will and won't. And so I, I'm, I'm learning to trust in him. I'm learning to follow him. I'm learning to be conscious of what, what the Lord is, is sending me, where he's taking me. And there are times when there are things I, I just don't want to do. And not only that, but how many times do I have to figure out that my plan's not working? Let go, let God. And I understand that. Just... 
It's just such a challenge. But he knows that. He, he won't take away free will. He won't just force us to do the right thing. He's always going to give us an opportunity because if he starts dictating what we do totally, how we do it totally, now when it comes to love, choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is that your mindset? Can be. Verse 12. I know how to be a base and I know how to abound Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Why does it say suffer want? Why does the word say suffer need? You would think that we would suffer want. What's need? Food, shelter, clothing. What's want? Nice car. Nice house. More rooms than we could ever live in. 20 acres. And on and on and on. And we've got individuals here and there are things that that we want. There are people who want more money. Why? Well, just because. I've got to have more than, than, than the Joneses next door. That's all I care about. What is it that you, if you were given a million dollars tonight, what would you hoard? So whatever you're hoarding now, you would increase that if you had means to do that. And some would say, not me, I would never do that. I would give it to the church or whatever. Yeah, okay, buddy, right, please. So again, I, when, if you had the means, if he gave you everything that you wanted, if he gave you everything to, to uh, so you would have to not suffer your wants as opposed to your needs, what would that be? What would that look like? And think about that just for half a minute. What would that look like? What would you splurge on? Whatever you're splurging on now. You've got 10 of these. If you had the means, you would have 100 of these. It may glorify the Lord. That's individual. So glorify him in everything. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. It doesn't say I can do some things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. So all things are possible. Paul had the strength to endure difficulty and prosperity in the material world, which is where we are. We're in the material world. Can we endure these things? Can we endure difficulty and prosperity in our world today? Can you? I don't know. Can't speak for anybody. I can speak for me. The answer is no. I know how to abound everywhere in all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Paul knew how to get along with little or much. Do you? Do you can you get along with little or much? Or do you have to have much? Do you feel you have to have much? And again, one of the problems that we have, we compare. How do you know when you're poor? 
How do you know? You can't know unless you compare it to someone or something else. You can't. You know, there were some of us who didn't have that silver spoon. I was one of them. Didn't grow up with much. And some of us don't have much now. Most of us probably don't have much now. But are we content? Can we be content? Will we be content? Christ infuses us with his strength to sustain us until we receive the necessary provisions. So he, when he guides, he provides. So everything you need to get where he wants you to go, he provides it. And you may not always see that. You may not always understand that. But he makes provisions. You know, when I was talking earlier about uh, where he sends us. And there were some things that the Lord was calling me to. And I says, I'm done. I'm done teaching. And I meant it. I meant it. There's no question. I, I You know, I've had it. Uh, this isn't, this isn't my world, Lord. Richard, do you think you can make a difference in this environment? I'm not really sure. It's a tough gig. Do you trust me that I will provide all that you need in order to sustain? Well, yeah. Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? Send me. And he did. And uh, he, he provided. Okay. Um, a true Christian understands the value of reading and studying the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work complete you mature to the point now where you know what the Lord wants from you you know what the Lord wants for you and he's made it complete can you see that and it's a challenge Romans 15 4 for whatever things are written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. He does. He provided us a hope and a future. He's already set the stage for you. Now all you got to do is go. And in there somewhere I read, obedience is better than sacrifice. It took a while for me to get it from here to here. And it's made a tremendous difference. Tremendous and I, I can't even explain that to you, but uh, that's how the Holy Spirit works. A true Christian listens more than speaks. James 1.19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And one of the things that, that I often say is, God has given you two ears and one mouth. Use them accordingly. And that, that will... Just some people who just, uh, they're not very good at listening. Not at all. And that's a problem. 
Proverbs uh, 29.11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. That's a, a challenge. You know, just uh, trying to uh, minister to a man who just, he says he speaks his mind. And I say, if you turn that 180, would you like it? If somebody interrupt you while you were talking? Well, no. So why do you interrupt others? Well, if I listen to what he says, by the time he's done, I forgot what I was going to say. Think about that one. Not good. A true Christian avoids arguments. 2 Timothy 2, 24-25 said, And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patience and humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. We got to depend on God. We can't change anybody. We can't save anybody. We can't even save ourselves. So when the Lord is working through it, it's going to turn out great. Not just good, but great. But it has to be the Holy Spirit imputing into us what he wants us to do. A true Christian does not get involved in trivial matters. Second uh, Timothy 2.4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with affairs of this life that, that uh, he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Who's called you to be a soldier? Jesus. Don't you think he's made provisions for you to carry out your duties? Sure he has. True Christians can be taught and corrected. Proverbs 9, 8 and 9 says, Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instructions to a wise man and he will still and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The difference is between a scoffer and a wise man. Pray that you know the difference. Because sometimes uh, we, we trust people because of the badge that they wear. No. We're being a respectful person and the Lord would not he would not be pleased with us doing that. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a, a pastor, he's a deacon, he's an elder, so I, I have to give him that respect. And that is, to, to a point, he encourages us to respect uh, those in authority. But again, some of us go overboard. Some of us came from places where we put a person on a, on a pedestal, and that person fell some of us have experienced that in other churches. Maybe this one, I don't know. Where we came from before we came here, that was definitely a case. So, much, so many things going on in the back room that did not honor the Lord. And I just pray that we would be mindful, we would keep our, our eyes open, and we would keep our hearts clean so we would understand what the Lord is doing. Because he can be, well, he is, the Lord is never not working. Never. He's always working. So when we see these things that are atrocious, well, God can't be into that. Yes, he can. He can. If it is will, but we have no way of knowing what he's doing at all times. If that were the case, then 
he will cease to be God. Then we're putting ourselves up there. Because I want to know. And we just, it's not in our best interest to know everything. A true Christian is not easily offended. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Do not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. That's a challenge. Thinks no evil. I challenge any of us to go through a full day and not think any evil. And, and you know, I, I spend quite a bit of time driving and, you know, you got some crazy folks out there just in case some of you had noticed. We got some, we definitely got some lunatics out on the roadway today. Oh, well, it's probably been forever, but even more so. And it's so easy to get drawn into reacting to a, a situation that does not please us. Even if we resort to giving hand signals, I mean, you know. We shouldn't. We shouldn't have to go to that. But it does happen. We're going to wrap up in a couple minutes, folks. Um, James 1, 19 says, So then, my, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, so to speak, so to wrath. Proverbs nineteen eleven: The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. That's a challenge for us. A true Christian uh, submits to and respects authority. Romans 13, 1, 4, and 5 says, Let every soul be subjected to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. That's a challenge for us. We look at our mayor, we look at our uh, senator, we look at our governors, even our president, and we're not liking what we're seeing. Most of us. Some of us are okay with it. Uh, To each his own. But again, we, we, we've been called to submit and respect authority. And that's from the Lord, and that's what he wants us to do. Okay. All right, we're just going to have to skip over some things here. Um, a true Christian knows that he or she cannot agree with everyone about everything. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. A true Christian understands the importance of having a good name. What's a good name? A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. The flesh says, Nope, I'm not going to live by that one. Give me the silver and gold, and you know, everything else will fall into place. That's what the word says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then everything will fall into place. But in the flesh, we want that silver and gold. Why do we want that silver and gold? Because I'm looking around and, man, I could, life would be so much sweeter if I had, you know, a bank account that was swelling. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way, folks. And some of you say, well, I sure like to find out. But... There's a, there's a downside to that as well. And some of us know about that. Uh, a couple more. Uh, Proverbs 18.24, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Hmm. I'm going to make this the last one, and then we're going to close. A true Christian has a biblical view of the world. 
that's becoming more and more difficult every single day. Every day. Because even if we're reading it, we're influenced otherwise. You've got to accept this. And in the environment that I, I'm in, even something as simple as Merry Christmas is not acceptable. There are people who are going to challenge you on that. Well, can't you just say happy holidays like everybody else? No, I can't. <laughs> I won't. And again, there's more, but that's just something that's very simple and basic. So what we do is once you compromise, once you start to say happy holidays like everybody else, ask yourself, what's next? Next thing, they've already denied our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Am I going to cave into that? Possibly. That's the problem is once you start to compromise, it grows. It grows. So let's not go there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So again, stones are still being rolled away. We can count on that. The Lord knows our needs, our wants. And he blesses or chastens accordingly. Be careful that you don't mistake uh, bad things for you as the fact that God is not with you anymore. That God has left you. He's working it out. He can't lie. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Ever. No matter what. Yeah, you're a sinner. You're saved by grace. I've shed my blood for your sin. It is finished. Lord, we just thank you again for uh, your word. And I pray, Father, that if I've said even one word that discouraged my sister or brother, Father, that you would strike it from our minds even now. And we thank you for what you allowed us to see and hear tonight, Father. And I'm just so thankful for everything that you've done in our lives. I know that you're, you're in the blessing business, Father. And I pray that my sisters and my brothers would understand what that really means. When things are not going our way, it doesn't mean that you've left us. When things are not going our way, it doesn't mean that we're not worthy of a, a God who loves us. We don't deserve to be loved. You can't help it, Father. You are love. And we're just so thankful for that. So I, I, I give praise and honor now for the uh, worship that went up tonight, Father, that sweet incense. And I'm just so thankful. And I just pray that your word was rightly divided, Father. So again, Father, as we go to our homes, as you carry us there, Father, and we arrive at our homes and have you waiting for us with uh, open arms, Father. So uh, again, please, Lord, Continue to bless our people. We pray for so many who are hurting, Father, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, but we know you're working it out. So again, we, may you receive the glory. May you see glory and honor for all that we do and say throughout this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys.